Welcome to Hub and Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub and Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market. So, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on NGI's Hub and Flow podcast. It's Tuesday, June 20th. Today, we're very lucky to have Dr. Hector Moreira with us. Dr. Moreira is a commissioner at Mexico's upstream regulator, Comisión Nacional de Hidrocarburos. He's one of the longest standing members as a commissioner, and we're very lucky to have him. Thank you for being with us, uh, Dr. Moreira. Thank you for the invitation. So the reason why I wanted to get you on the podcast is because of a presentation you gave recently at a conference in San Antonio in which you went over sort of some of the production trends in Mexico. And I'd like to focus only on natural gas. Of course, natural gas in Mexico is is correlated to, to oil because of the associated gas equation. But I'd like to hear your perspective on why you think natural gas production is going to continue to rise in Mexico in the coming years. Okay, well, we have to start with the need that Mexico has of natural gas. Mexico is using about 10,000 million cubic feet of natural gas per day. Of those 10, two are used by Pemex and eight are used by the whole the rest of the economy. Out of those eight, six are imported from the U.S. So Mexico is importing 60% of the natural gas that we need. So for Mexico, it's very important that we produce more natural gas. So we go back now to, can we produce more? And the answer is yes. We have huge reserves of natural gas. We have a lot of natural gas, especially in the northeast of the country. And it's important that Mexico gets into other areas and start producing more natural gas. So if you look at the last, uh, I would say, five years, you can see that the production of natural gas is increasing very rapidly. And also we have had these very nice discoveries of natural gas, but not, not in the northeast, but not in the southeast. Okay, we have Keski, we have Isachi, we have other areas of natural gas being now discovered in the southeast of Mexico. So we are in a very good position because we are exploiting the areas that we already knew we had natural gas, which is the northeast, but now we have new areas in the southeast. So can I say the production of natural gas in Mexico is going to increase also, because of the energy reform of 2014, now we have about 20 private companies that are now producing natural gas. So you have other, other companies, apart from PEMIS, that are doing like exploration and are doing now production for natural gas. So the future looks good. I can send you, if you want, the, the, the numbers, which I don't have them in my mind now, but I can send them to you. They're, they're public and you can check them. Yeah, I, I remember the numbers. They were, they were quite impressive. And you, you saw this trend that began last year with increasing natural gas production continuing on for a few years. But if I could push back a little bit, the private sector natural gas production hasn't really gone up in the, in the last two or three years. Do you think that this will all come from Pemex? And is P- Pemex capable of 
But, but it's going to it's going to come from Pemex. Pemex has good, very good discoveries. But now we have other companies that are having good discoveries. In in Campeche, I didn't present the new discoveries. I can send them to you. But some of the new discoveries are really private. So we are now in a very positive frame of mind. The Pemex is doing good discoveries and the private companies are doing good discoveries. And all those things are now in our site. You can check them if you want. and You can see the potential that all those new discoveries have. Okay, excellent. And, and, and do you think that this, this new, this extra natural gas is going to get to market or will it be used by, by Pemex and its own processes? And will that impact the balance and the needs of Mexico in terms of importing gas from the United States? No, it's going to go into the market. I think Pemex has enough uh, new production f- for their own needs, but all this is going to go into the market. But you have to consider another aspect, which is uh, electricity production. Mexico is going to need a lot of new electricity, especially now with all the, the electric cars and all the new conveniences coming online. So Mexico is going to need a lot more natural gas. So I wouldn't say that we're going to reduce our inputs from the U.S. I think that we will be lucky if we keep them at the level that we have now because the, for the consumption of natural gas is going very rapidly in Mexico. Well, and especially now, now with all the heat in Mexico City, I, I would imagine that natural gas demand is through the roof. Yeah, that, that's a very cruel comment because it's incredibly hot here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just speaking to Carlos over the, the CNH, and he was he was telling me about how hot it was in Merida. It's um, quite impressive. No, I'm from Monterrey, which is the northeast. In Monterrey, yesterday we had 110 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's incredibly hot. Like, well, anyway, we have to survive. Yeah, yeah, hard, hard to understand. And of course, with 60 percent or even more of, of electricity production coming from natural gas, that's that's fueling natural gas demand. Yes, of course, yes. One of the interesting aspects is Pemex is reducing its its flaring, and yet it's still, you, you mentioned the, the crown jewels of, of Keski and Iksachi. It's still a, a big issue at, at those fields. Is production from those two fields sustainable, given, given the problems with, with, with flaring and, and, um, and venting? Okay. We have to remember what the law says. You cannot uh, vent uh, methane. That's forbidden. You can burn methane for a certain period of time, okay? But you have to present a plan to reduce the flaring in a... I think in the case of Keski, you have to have six months to reduce to 98% use, use. Okay, so all that flaring is going to very, very substantially reduced in the next few months because the plants are ready in, they're obliged to keep to their, their schedule in the construction of new installations. We have to reduce completely the flaring of natural gas. And I think we're going in the right direction because if one of the companies, be Pemex or a private company, is now flaring gas, they can be fined. So there's no better way of convincing a company to reduce flaring than having fines on flaring. Okay. It will be able to have flaring, but no more than 2% of the total production. Okay. And so you, you think that that sort of will be under control within the next six months or so? Yes. Yes, it will. Uh-huh. One of the things, the, la- the last time that you did an interview with us, Dr. Moreira, you mentioned that the oil and gas rounds were, were not scrapped, but they were postponed. Do you, do you see them uh, coming back? Do you see that the need for them to come back for oil and gas production to continue rising in Mexico? 
Uh, that's a very difficult question. We're going to have election next year, okay? Uh, we have elections June 5th, I think, of 2024. So now we are in the previous year. We're having now the uh, primaries, okay? By the end of the year, we're going to have the candidates from the parties, and the whole energy is going to be up for discussion with all the new candidates. So the beginning of the new year is going to be like a big national introspection on energy with the people who are being designed candidates from their own parties. So your question, I have to say, I can answer it in a year's time. Okay, but there is p- potential that those rounds 3.2 and 3.3, for example, that were focused on natural gas could still, could still go ahead. I think they will go ahead, but that's my personal <laughs> prediction. Uh-huh. That's very, that's very interesting. And there's all that natural gas in, in the Northeast, basically the continuation of the Eagle Ford. Uh, do you, is that where you see sort of the greatest natural gas potential in, in Mexico? Well, uh, at the beginning, uh, I thought that. Uh, now it's starting to see the continuation of uh, the other one that you have in West Texas. The Permian. Permian, okay. We now have to check the continuation of Permian. But also, it's interesting that we're discovering more, more gas in the south southeast. That's interesting as well, because this is huge areas and there's huge discoveries now. Okay, so... We didn't know we had so much gas in the southeast, so that's why I'm so optimistic about that. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you know Mexico has traditionally been an oil country, but it's really unearthing a lot of natural gas. And I, I think you've said in the past that really Mexico has more natural gas reserves than it does have oil reserves. Yes, it's true. It's true. And the, one of the things that we have is, of course, the price of natural gas compared to the price of oil. If you have $100, what do we invest in? And it's, well, of course, to produce oil. It's, it's a, like higher return on investment. But Mexico must do something in terms of, I don't know, tax treatment or incentives so that we give the companies the incentive to go into the gas fields. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you, do you think developing a local price index would help in that endeavor? Yes, yes, I think so, yes. Okay. But I don't really know how far we are from that because we have to do what you say to open other new areas and find out exactly where all the deposits are and how much gas can be produced in the different areas. We're still a little bit too early for that. Hmm. Because, as you know, most gas in, in Mexico is priced off the Houston Ship Channel, which is quite a ways away from many of the producing basins. Yes, of course, yes. Yeah. Another big theme in the Mexico energy market right now is LNG exports. But, you know, most of these projects would re-export U.S. gas. Do you think Mexican gas could be used in some of these projects? I, I don't really think so, because Mexico needs more gas. So the idea that you can get a permit to export gas when the nation needs gas, it sounds a bit funny. Okay, so, but the U.S. has a lot of gas in in those two areas and uh, they can use the Mexican ports to re-export LNG through the Mexican ports, but I don't know, that's not a decision that it concerns us, that's a decision of the American companies. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. You, You mentioned, you know, private sector companies in, in investing. We just saw a really big an announcement recently with Woodside, for example, and this big this deep water development that's that's going ahead. But at the same time, we've also seen a few companies announcing that they're they're canceling their contracts or, or they're or they're pulling back. Uh, is that something that, that worries you? 
No, more or less when you go into the deep water or shallow water, the probability of uh, being successful is about 50%. So you would expect that a lot of these areas are not going to be productive. So we expected like, well, some of these uh, producers would declare that there is no oil or gas there and they would leave the areas. So if you look at the number of companies that are investing more money and the number of companies that are leaving, it's more or less what you would have expected a few years ago. Okay. And another thing is, you know, we know that Pemex is one of the most indebted oil companies on, on earth. And, it, it, you know, a lot of this new production is dependent on, on Pemex. Do you think that the government is going to continue to give Pemex tax breaks and sort of the impetus that it needs to, to develop these, these expensive projects? Yes, the, the, the government has reduced very significantly the, the tax bill for Pemex. Pemex was paying something about 60% uh, taxes. Now it's down to 30% taxes. So I think Pemex has more money to invest now. So I would expect this, I would say, health of Pemex is going to continue into the next uh, few years. Okay, perfect. And everyone is talking about nearshoring these days. It's still not sure whether nearshoring is actually happening or not, although you know we have heard billion-dollar announcements of manufacturing plants in the you know, in the Northeast with, you know, Elon Musk building this Tesla uh, factory in, in, in your hometown in Monterrey. Do you think that this means that there's going to be a lot more uh, natural gas demand for Mexico? What's your take on nearshoring? I think nearshoring is going to be here very fast. The, I'm from Monterrey and Monterrey, if you go to Monterrey now, it's, in, it's a boom town. There's lots of new constructions going up, lots of new companies coming, the price of the land is going up, etc., etc. But all those companies are going to need energy, be it natural gas or electricity. So we have to respond to those needs. Some of it can be satisfied with more imports of natural gas from the U.S., but also by new natural gas production in the Northeast by these new private companies. Okay, excellent. And, and fi final question, if you could say one thing or mention one thing that the Mexico natural gas segment needs to sort of become better, become more, more, more efficient, uh, what would it be? I think we need more integration. Okay, so you have a lot of new companies that are producing gas, but then you have the next problem is how are you going to transport that gas to the market? You need to get more pipelines. If you're going to have also nearshoring, you have to get more gas into the next uh, layer of states, San Luis Potosí, Durango, Zacatecas. They're going to need more natural gas. So I think we're going to find ourselves again in the need of more electricity, more natural gas, we need to provide the nearshoring with the things they need. And I think it's a great opportunity. I can't remember the numbers for Monterrey, but Monterrey created something like 50,000 jobs in the last six months. So nearshoring is here. Mm. That's a, that's a very impressive figure. Well, on that optimistic note, I will leave you there. Thank you very much, Dr. Hector Moreira, for being with us. I really appreciate your time. Okay, thank you for the invitation. It's always nice to talk about my favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be sure to have you again on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Understanding the energy, regulatory, and political landscape is imperative to achieving success in the Mexican natural gas market. A daily information service that is trusted by active market participants on both sides of the border 
NGI's Mexico Gas Price Index provides on-the-ground and independent news and insight, as well as market-informed natural gas pricing and flow data. Visit natgasintel.com backslash Mexico dash GPI to find out more about NGI's Mexico services and how they can better inform your strategy today. Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub and Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page.